this show is clean, pretty much. Mike's Daily Podcast. Episode 649. Hello, I am Mike Matthews, broadcasting from the last place on earth, located somewhere in Podcaster Valley, California. Today, we hear from Benita, the disgruntled fiddle player, the brewmaster, plus... It's the finale of my Into an Interview with singer-songwriter Robbie Cronholm of the band Taxes. And we will find out about the music from a TV show that I never watched. Mike's Daily Podcast. But there is something I wanted to tell you was yesterday's show. Splotch. Mike's Daily Podcast. Yesterday's show had a splotch on my face because I got a little too close to the mop water that the Floyd the Floorman likes to hose down sometimes. Hey everybody, don't you like my rhymes? Stay fresh. Yeah, uh, what happened was we went back in time because Mike's Daily Podcast. This place is also a time machine and we went back to when uh, Alec Baldwin was popular. Mike's long ago and i was watching podcast the movie the shadow yeah yes i paid money to see that of course movie tickets were not so pricey back then now i never go see any movies i talked to a very pretty girl today at half price books because i like to go there to sell my magazines because i have a bunch of magazine subscriptions that's why this show is on top of everything we're in the loop or we wish we were. Anyway, Kelly and I were discussing the Oscars last night, and she said she didn't watch them. I did. I was able to catch certain parts. My favorite part, Bill Murray, mentioning Harold Ramis, because the two of them had a feud for many years, so it was nice to see him pay a little tribute to him in a fun little ad-lib sort of way. And yeah, I can't think of anything else from the Oscars right now, but I will say that Kelly said that I should go see more movies because I didn't see any of the movies that were nominated this year. Isn't that terrible? Or maybe it's not, but perhaps I should be in the loop. This also I wanted to tell you is I I write down some of my notes on this little uh, pad of paper. They're like these little, they want to be post-its, but they're they're about the size of a post-it, but they're not basically. And this pad of paper used to be about as thick as a brick. And I have been using it now for almost 10 years. And today, this very moment, this very piece of paper, I got to the very last piece and I'm using it now. And what was funny was it was free. It was from a record label that was trying to promote. And this is back when I was at a country station. They were promoting the band Sawyer Brown. It's not a guy, it's a band. So, you know, they got their first big start on Star Search. Remember that? Anyway, this is the last piece of paper, and I did actually meet the lead singer of Sawyer Brown between the time I first got this stack of uh, this pad of paper and from now that I am using this last piece. So that was another interesting bit of information I wanted to share with you. That and I was watching some hooligan teenagers. So I, I don't know what hooligan teenagers are like anymore because I, I don't have kids and I, I don't really have anyone that has teenage why well, I have friends that have teenagers but I never they're none of them are hooligan teenagers so I watched some hooligan teenagers today in the in the rough and tumble ghetto world of Pleasanton California that's a joke 
And I'm sitting there, I'm eating uh, some Jersey Mike's. Another free plug for that place. Damn it. And these hooligans, so the hooligan teenagers of today are doing the same thing that they were doing 30 years ago. They're, they're wearing black, they're sitting around, and they're smoking, and they're kind of playing around on their dirt bikes, on their little, their, their, their little bicycle dirt bike things, kind of, you know, hey, I can balance in one spot. And then the, uh, one guy has got a, you know, pack of cigarettes and he's banging them over and over again. And, and re that really does nothing. I'm not a smoker, but I, even I know that doesn't do anything. Oh, it come, Mike, it moves the tobacco into the direction you want it, so it's packed more. Yeah, you know what? Just roll it your own then. Be a mountain man. Be Altamont. Do it that way. So I was watching them, and then they were singing out loud some song that I didn't know. But it didn't sound like any old song that I knew or any new song that I knew. So shows you that I'm not a teenager anymore. Or a hooligan teenager. And that kind of saddens me. It makes me cry a little bit. I think I'll use this last slip of paper to wipe the tears. Oh, look who just walked in. Hi, Mark. It's Benita the Rodeo Queen. How y'all doing? And it's a disgruntled fiddle player, tell you what. What? I always wanted to play with the band Sawyer Brown, but I guess they didn't want me. You auditioned for them? No. Oh. I was too busy forming my party. What's the name of your party? The wrong side of history party. You mean the tea party? Whatever. You know, you, I'm sure, would be an excellent role model for those hooligan teenagers. They would look up to you, maybe start a better trajectory in their life. My hand's gonna make a fist and make a trajectory into your face. I hope not. Look, who else just walked in? Hello there, Mike. I make the root beer. I'm the brewmaster. Brewmaster, did you make a nice root beer for us today? Yeah, it's in honor of the Oscars. I made a delicious Ellen DeGeneres selfie root beer. Oh boy. Wow, that looks like a... Wow, this root beer is taking a picture of me. This is strange. No, that is just its molecules collapsing upon themselves and creating another hole in the space-time continuum. We keep doing that over and over again. It's terrible. Where are we popping up now? Oh, wow. Back in time to when I worked at that radio station and my boss gave me that huge pad of Sawyer Brown paper. Here you go, Mike. I hope you enjoy this pad of paper. It'll really make you go far. Oh, I... Thank you, boss. Let's get out of here. Get out of the hole in the space-time continuum. Mock, you really did have Kirk Cameron hair back then. All the more reason that I'm glad I'm bald now. Mock, I was hoping we'd go back in time. Back to when Alec Baldwin was popular. He was so hot. Benita, I want to go back in time to when you were a hooligan teenager. Oh, you're such a perv. Bob, I love my husband. So, I must admit, I never watched Walking Dead. I tried watching it for about four seconds, and I went, oh... But I know most people, I, I, everybody watches it, so I, I am in the minority. But this, according to news.radio.com, over the course of nearly four full seasons, Walking Dead has used a wide range of music from artists that span nearly every genre and era, including Bob Dylan, Motorhead, the Stanley Brothers, Wang Chung, Tom Waits, and Tom Waits' song, Hold On, was sung by cast member Emily Kinney. Now, last night for the fourth season in the episode 
I mean episode. They call them episodes. I call mine episodes. That's just how it... Still, it was called Still, they used music from the indie folk group called The Mountain Goats and their song Up the Wolves. There's bound to be a ghost at the back of your closet No matter where you live Now, Garrett McElver from Super Music Vision, the show's music supervisors, say that Up the Wolves is a song that showrunner Scott Gimple had been listening to when writing the episode, and he felt intuitively that it would work well to close the episode. The next Walking Dead episode will be called Alone. They like the one-word titles. Alone. How do I get you alone? So what do you think of The Walking Dead and the music that they pick? Email me, mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. We read your comments on the section. Emails from email. Also email me there if you'd like to be a guest on the show or if you'd like to sponsor the show. mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. And check out the website, mikesdailypodcast.com. Got the blog there, the daily podcast picture. And there are links to all kinds of places to become a Mike's Daily Podcast fan. Like, for example... There are links to where to listen to the show in iTunes. Subscribe to the show in iTunes and make sure to rank and comment the show, comment on it, and uh, that kind of thing, because then more people find out about us if you do that. There's also a link to where to listen to this show on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, and if you like this show on the Facebook page, then when I post a new show, share that with your friends on Facebook, and more people will find out about us. I'm trying to figure out how to put this on Instagram, but I'm an insta-idiot, so I don't quite... I'll figure that. Any of your suggestions to help me with that, please email me, mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. But meanwhile, back at mikesdailypodcast.com, there's also links to where to catch us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher. We're on Twitter, Yelp. We've also got a Tumblr. And we got a, you know, it's a good thing to put liquids in a Tumblr. Especially when you're on a ship. Because things tend to tumble on a boat. I get seasick, so how would I know that? I don't know. And there's also a link to the Amazon deal of the day. Click on that and buy something. And you will also help support the show if you do that nice thing for us at mikesdailypodcast.com into an interview we're talking to Robbie Cronholm of the band Taxes and he is in Port- he's in Portland Oregon are you doing a show tonight or are you watching one uh, I'm just up here to meet with my label and then also to master the remix version of the new record with our Ooh. producer our co-producer on this record, who is um, Danny Syme from the band Menomina, which is one of my favorite the whole world. Um, I did not know Danny before this record. I reached out to him. Uh, just, you know, you don't know until you ask. Right. So I asked him, and he said yes. So we are honored to have him be a part of this because... Oh, Menomina is just a great band. If you haven't heard them, they are wow. No, I've got to listen to Menomina. Check them out. They are amazing. Amazing. So uh, you're remixing the album, It Never Ends. And and you yes. think that'll come out what time uh, this year? Well, our, our single release is uh, March 13th. Okay. It's uh, a song called Lost at Sea. Oh, which we're going to uh, play which, in just a moment. 
great. It's um, it's a song about um, uh, relationship being a metaphor for world and end of relationship being a metaphor for the end of the world. So there's a lot of biblical imagery and... Uh, Whoa. Uh, I am not a religious man, but... Uh, but I, I am fascinated by religion. Okay. And, um, that one song, again. the one song about the drummer where you talk about uh, where you lost your drummer to heroin yes. use. And then you, yes. you you have that line about how I won't be talking to my friend and I won't be talking to God anymore either. That's right. That's right. That's I, when I, <laughs> thank I, you for pointing that line out. I hope you liked it. Oh, my gosh. I think you sum it up for so many people. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, wow. It seems like a cruel universe sometimes, but yeah, that was my drummer in my high school band, um, wow. Chad, who was my. I mean, we all, as musicians, I'm sure you can relate to like uh, my favorite times making music were currently, I would say, but also uh, being in that garage when I was 16 and just figuring out how to play your instruments mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, maybe drinking before you should have been, or uh, I don't smoke weed anymore or do anything like that, but, you know, we were just locked up in a garage for eight hours at a time just playing music, pop punk at that time, because I'm from the Bay Area. And uh, Chad was my drummer and my best friend, and uh, uh. Um, he had a, a bad a bad habit, and uh, he tried to kick it. He he really fought hard but it, it, it took him in the end and so yeah that song's about that song's about Chad and I, there isn't a there isn't a day that goes by that I don't I don't miss my brother and uh wow you know every time I look back at my drummer currently I just you know it's, it's impossible not to separate it would right you know what I mean so uh yeah that song means a lot to me um and uh, uh yeah well, I mean well, a lot of what you're doing, you're doing for him. You know, you're 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 continuing on the the flame and the and, and your, your a, talent. A very yeah, that's very astute, actually. Uh, one of the I took ten years off of music and had struggles of my own with with certain substances, and uh, and uh, when I got back into it, when I sobered up and got back into it, I I thought, you know, he kind of passed around the same time, actually, huh. and uh, I just thought. And this is it. This is, uh, you know, because connection to to the lost is a hard thing to find. But when you have something like that, when one of your loved has passed and he was a drummer, it's like, what's the easiest way to be in communion with him? It's obviously standing in a tiny space like a garage or a practice space and hearing somebody beat the out of the, I'm sorry, beat the, sorry, beat the <laughs> never living hell out of the drums. Sorry. Do we have to believe that? I um I've got a little thing where I can go bleep. Yeah. Well, in that case, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Let it fly. <laughs> I will not. I will not. It's about celebrating pain, about celebrating loss, and and in yeah. doing so, you move, you feel it, you you do the sadness, and then you can celebrate it. You know. Now, was that? Were you living in Claremont? I was. I was actually. Yeah. Um, I went to college for one year okay. uh, at Pitzer College in Claremont, California, a small liberal arts school. Ah. And uh, I didn't want to go, but uh, my parents were insistent. And uh, I just so happened to move there with 
uh, my guitarist um, from my high school band. And uh, I dropped out after a year because we got signed to Warner Brothers. So I nice. was like, see you, see you later, college. And that was the band Crumb? It was the band Crumb, yes, absolutely. Oh. So that was based more down there in that area? Were you, were you yeah, t- I mean, we spent, we spent about three and a half years in Hollywood on our first record, and uh-huh. uh, we recorded our second down there, and then we moved back to the Bay, and then things kind of fell apart. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man now. How, how old are you? Oh, wait, maybe your listeners don't know. Do you want to keep it a secret? No, I talk about it all the time. I'm 45. How, are you 45? Well yeah. done, Sam. I'm 38, so. Oh, my God. Um, You're a baby. <laughs> What'd you say? You're a little baby. You're so young. <laughs> Tell that to my lower back. <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what helps that is uh, sit-ups, and uh, okay, and uh, you know, do um, like some lunges, kind of work out your core. Okay, okay, that's my tip for because I used to get horrible back pain, and I'm like, crap, I'm not even in my 40s yet, and I was getting all this back pain. I remember sure, sure. when my when my dad was still alive because he used to have horrible back pain. Uh, I was telling him how bad my back was, and he's like, "Oh, that's pretty bad." And I'm like, right. "If my dad's telling me I've got back problems, this is not good," you know. <laughs> but but uh, I haven't really had them since. Um, if if you if you do some kind of physical activity like walk, you should stretch. Yeah. Make sure you stretch afterwards, and that helps out too. Okay. Okay. Good. This is uh, helpful. Not only podcast is not only about music it's about taking care of oneself i want you to stay in good shape robbie cronholm so that we get more music from taxes well thank you brother um i, I you you lost me at sit-ups but you had me you had me at, at taking a walk and doing lunch so we're good <laughs> okay <laughs> and so what was claremont like overall what would what, uh, you think of it yeah i mean claremont we lived in the year i dropped out i lived in pomona Oh. Uh, which at the time was the crip capital of the world. It was it was a pretty uh, pretty rough place. But then right next, nuzzled up right next to it was this college town. Um, so it was, it was kind of an interesting dichotomy there. And uh, you know, I met uh, one of the loves of my life there, Kali, who's the the last song on the new record that's coming out is about her. Uh, and I haven't seen her in I, I didn't I hadn't seen her in fifteen plus years. And just reconnected with her. She's here in Portland. I'm about to go uh, meet up with her. Um, so happy uh, ending to that story. But oh, that's good. Claire, that's great. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. Her dad. Her dad was the English professor at the college, uh, and we studied the short stories of Raymond Carver, who is still to this day one of my favorites. Oh. Um, he's oh. a he's a genius and a, just a great man. And uh, so I had really good times in in Claremont, Um, really great times. I mean, you know, and it was a weird scene, too, because Matt, do you know who Matt Nathanson is? Yes. I've. Okay. Very popular guy, huh? Yeah. So Matt's one of my oldest friends, and and, uh, he was in college at Pitzer at the same time Crum was and the same time I was. So Matt's doing great things these days. There was another guy named Jonah from a band Far. Have you ever heard of a band called Far? That sounds familiar. Far. Yeah, they were out of Sacramento. They were friends with the Deftones, kind of that kind of sound. Oh. And uh, we toured with them a bunch. But it was just this beautiful little place, kind of 
off the map, and uh, Danny Elfman from Oingo Boingo also went to Pitzer College. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so just a weird little school with, like, not many kids in it, but... Uh, a lot of great music came out of there, so uh, it was kind of it was a blessed place to be for sure. And and wh- how do you say her last name, Kali's last name? Oh, uh, you, Kali Sanders. Sanders. Okay. Yes. Was she? Yeah, Kali Sanders. Was she uh, related to Colonel Sanders? <laughs> she might as well have been. Her dad is Barry Sanders. Not the Detroit Lions uh, oh. football player, but uh, yeah, her dad is Barry Sanders. He's been nominated for the Pulitzer a couple times. He is he is the real deal, Holyfield, when it comes to trying to mix sports metaphors. But he is the real deal when it comes to academics in America. He is oh. one of the brightest minds I've ever met, and uh, he's teaching up here now in Portland. And oh my God, this guy's brain! I could sit with him for hours. Awesome! I'm glad you reconnected. And and did you wait? Did you date Chloe Savini? I did. I did. Because I get it all out there. I dated Dopey Savini. She was a, a little. She wasn't very bright. <laughs> Dopey Savini. Did you ever hear that song by Talk Talk called Dum Dum Girls? Yes, of course. That's a, the, the, now. There's a band called Dum Dum Girls. Yeah. That that was yep. the song was named after her and. Uh, group was named after her she's dopey savini (laughs) what was your girl's name dopey i was i can't tell if you're messing with me right now (laughs) i was messing with you i'm sorry (laughs) you're good you're good you should have stayed in acting oh pretty good you got me all right well no i have never dated a savini and is that how you say it or 70 damned if i know (laughs) okay (laughs) well you've led a fantastic I i mean uh, seven years. Seven years. Chloe Seven years. Seven years. Okay. All yeah. Right. And I met her in Claremont, of all places. So. Well, wow. I heard because I yeah. heard interviews with her, and it sounds like she was very artsy when she was younger as well. Kind of just. Uh, she absolutely so. was. I mean, I think it's one of those things where, um, I think I. I was in my dorm room. I was super depressed about breaking up with Kali. <laughs> Kali's going to kill me if she ever hears this. And she then, won't, don't worry. Uh, this senior came into my dorm room, uh, my first and only year of college, and he said, uh, you have to come downstairs. And I was like, you know what, man, just get out of here. Uh, I, I don't got time for this. He said, you have to. And uh, I turned a corner, and I, I fell in love. And uh, she was on the cover of the first Crumb record that was never released, but... Uh, Oh, um, and uh, yeah, we just she was super artistic, super intelligent, um, super beautiful, and uh, we had like a you know we had a we had a, we had a fling. We we lived together in San Francisco, and uh, I haven't spoken to her in nineteen years, so there's not much story there. But uh, uh, I couldn't be happy for her. I couldn't be happier for her, you know. Well, if you did watch the last season of Portlandia, she did seduce both Fred Armistead and Carrie Brownstein. And I did watch that, and uh, if there's anyone in the world that could, it would be Chloe. So. <laughs> and that all ties back to Portland, where you are right now. There you go. We've come full circle. How strange. Well, I want—I have so many other questions, but I'll just get to the, this one I think is a really cool one, and that is... Okay. And that is, uh, what is the songwriting process like for you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so 
So, the songwriting process goes like this. Uh, I'm in the shower, <laughs> generally. Uh-huh. Generally. But also, please, don't, no one, no one throw up, no one lose their lunches. But yes, my, uh, I'm 6'5", and I'm, I'm, I'm almost see-through, I'm so white. But, uh, <laughs> I'm in the shower, and I have a melody, it just sort of comes to me, and I sing it, and sometimes I have to jump out of the shower to grab the iPhone to record it. Ah. And uh, sometimes lyrics present themselves. I find the best songs are the ones that come fully developed. Yes. There are certain shower sessions I have where I think it's because I'm a water sign. I love being underwater. I love scuba diving. I love beaches. I love pools. Ah. But uh, the lyrics and the melody will just present themselves and I will sing them over and over and over again until I can get to my tape recorder. And then I lay them down, and then I figure out the chord structure, and then I take it to the practice space. Mm. And uh, I'm punk rock because I, my band is the best thing about me. They are so... Someone once told me, always surround yourself with musicians that are more talented than yourself. Yes. And uh, I've done a really good job of that. <laughs> I really took that to heart because my band is... Phenomenal. I mean, uh. my drummer. Sometimes I laugh so hard when he does a fill that I that I start crying. Um, Laura Dean, who sings vocals, and Jonathan's bass lines, and and Josh's uh, atmospheric guitar work. I mean, it just it, it all it all serves the purpose. So we all split songwriting. It's a team effort. And uh, we just take these little ideas into the space, and then we just bang them out until they become something. How did you get this band together of all these fantastic musicians? Oh, well, it's, it's been a... Well, Brad, I met through uh, the person that cuts my hair. <laughs> I was frustrated not being able to find a good drummer, and I was just asking everyone. And he was cutting my hair, and he said, Oh, I, my wife has a cousin who knows this guy, and that was that. Uh, Josh was Craigslist, so oh. don't discount Craigslist. Not only for guitarists, but for, for a good time, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Laura was our producer. Laura produced and engineered and worked at Tiny Telephone Studios, which is John Vanderslice's studio um, in the Outer Mission. And she produced uh, the first record. And I loved her so much, I begged and pleaded and bruised my knees uh, until she joined the band, and she she finally did. And and, uh, Jonathan I met through friends, and there there you have it. We're just, uh, we've been a family for, the proudest thing about this band, no matter what we do, is that we've always been together, and uh, these people are my second family now, so. That's it really, great. It, no matter what happens, success or no success or anything else, we just there's a deep and abiding love that that keeps us together. Now you once performed at Lollapalooza. Yes, Crumb did the second leg of Lollapalooza in. Oh, what was that? Ninety six or ninety seven? Wow! It was actually the year they dubbed Metal Palooza because Metallica was the headliner. Oh. Um, so it was a little weird, <laughs> but, uh, the best thing that came out of that was that Rage Against the Machine was on the second leg too. And, uh-huh. uh, and I got to watch Rage Against the Machine, like evil empire era 
from the side stage multiple times, and I, I've never seen a band transmit more energy to a crowd than than that band did. Awesome! Wow. Yeah, yeah. Did did Trent Not- did Trent give you any advice? <laughs> no, but he is a, he is um he's about as close to a god as I, as I can <laughs> think of. I mean, I have I have followed this man. The Oscars are tomorrow, and she uh, has an Oscar now. So that's right for Social Network. That's right, and uh, um, every day on my alarm, I wake up to a song from Social Network on my phone. Ah, it's called it's called Almost Home, and I I think the work that he he did with um. I'm gonna blank on who he worked with on that, but uh, wow! I just—I mean, if you're a musician and you geek out on like tones and and uh, the way things are recorded and just uh, pristine audio, I don't—I don't think there's a man from any generation that has dedicated his life to making beautiful sounds more than Batman. And how did you come up with the name for Taxes? The, the their band mm. Taxes. Classic question. Um, you know, we get a lot of death and taxes. We've heard that a lot, but it's not really that. It's um, I had a a pocket dictionary from the 1800s. Uh, it was about the size of a you know a checkbook, and yeah. uh, there were there were one word definitions for for the words in there, and uh, I was just what? flipping through it, and uh, taxes said responsibility. Which I thought was weird because, I mean, obviously it has so many connotations now politically and and otherwise, but uh, it was at a time in my life where I hadn't made music for 10 years. Uh And I I, I felt like, hey, like, I owe it to myself. I just a responsibility to myself and others to, I mean, mostly myself. (laughs) No one else really cares. But, you know, to myself to make music. So I was taxes. That's it. It's a responsibility. So I'll give this another shot. And uh, I also like the idea of something taxing you. If something uh, is tax is taxing or if you're taxed, it's... Sorry. There goes a motorcycle. Oh. Oh. What was that? That was a motorcycle. And uh, he's obviously compensating for, <laughs> for, for certain things because... Uh, but, uh... You know, like, uh, if something taxes you, it wears you out. So I liked that, too. That idea that music is both... Um, I believe it's... I believe it's one... You know, I believe that as humans, we have these big brains and their gifts and their curses, but uh, overall, it's just... It's a beautiful thing to be able to make things. And yeah. so that's the responsibility part, and then it's also exhausting to try to do so. So that's the tiring part. Yeah. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Another Kelly Clarkson song. Yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> I wish you had left that one hanging. But tax, and we are getting close to tax day, but I don't want to remind everyone of that, even though I'm friends I'm friends with my uh, CPA, and uh, she reminded everybody, you know, get your tax forms in. You only have 45 days. It's like, shut up! Ugh. <laughs> uh. It's true. And also with taxes, we have free press every day. That's right. There isn't a day that goes by that we're not mentioned on every major news outlet, on television, print, and internet. Yeah. Our name is out there. That's true. 
I, oh, I should have said I'm friends with her on Facebook. That's what. Okay. <laughs> so here's your song. It's called uh, "Lost at Sea," and this has to do, like you said, relationships, and it has sort of some biblical overtones. But then there's also Laura Dean singing on this too, right? Absolutely. It's a, the only thing that makes me sound better is Laura Dean. I can't imagine singing without her. And uh, it's basically. It's it's sort of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. It's the idea that even if a relationship goes horribly wrong or ends in divorce or in a nightmare or any sort of way, that it happened for a reason and that you, we should be grateful for it. That's right. That's great. I, You're an awesome lyricist. Thank you, brother. And uh, I hope to speak to you again sometime. And good luck with everything. And I want to see you perform in San Francisco. I want to do that. And those are all the things on my bucket list. So, uh, taxes. It's Robbie Cronholm. And there's here's their song "Lost at Sea," which they'll be able to find when. Uh, March thirteenth is a single release, and then the record should be following soon after. And your website is taxesband.com. You got it. And here they are, Mike's Daily Podcast. Huzzah! That's what they're for 
to the lovely Sierra Frost of Breakup Records that got me that single. So I could play it for you as we go outside of the last place on earth where we bring you Mike's Daily Podcast somewhere in Podcastro Valley, California. And a big thank you to Robbie Cronholm and the wonderful band members of the band Taxes. Of course, that would be Laura Dean, Josh White, Jonathan Kepke, and Brad Harbidge. Check out their great website, taxesband.com. And here's today's podcast picture. And I'm a little late with this picture, but Daniel G. Harmon, who was on the show last week, he is from Washington. So I thought I would post this cool picture that I took when I was in Washington a couple years ago at SeaTac Airport there. this The sun was coming through the big window. They got this huge glass window. And I snapped this picture. I hope you like it. You can see it there at mikesdailypodcast.com. I sure like that picture. It makes me feel so good, warm, and bubbly inside. Like nachos? Mm, that's so good. I used to eat that a lot when I was a hooligan teenager. Those were great times, huh? Yeah. I want to say one thing that it's interesting. When I talk about this podcast to people, my friends, I go, Hey, you know, I had on this great guy, Robbie Cronholm from the band Taxes. And you know, I talk about all the cool interviews that I get to do with this show. And people look at me and they're like, uh-huh. What's a podcast? Mm. As what's his name from the podcast Snap Judgment said, uh, last year, if you told someone you did a podcast and they looked at you and went, what's a podcast? That was on you. But this year, if they say, what's a podcast? Y'all need to get some new friends. Mark, can you tell me what's a podcast? Mm. Tomorrow, we will try not to get mad. We will hear from the wonderful Madame Rutabaga, Valentino, and Bison Bentley, and we'll have the feature, News Random, with a mishmash of some very cool, interesting news stories for you right here at Mike's Daily Podcast. Mike, I made a new root beer. It's called a What's a Podcast Root Beer. Has that been used yet for the name of a podcast? Call it the What's a Podcast Podcast. Mark, I'm going to use that last slip of paper y'all got there and you were celebrating about earlier. I want to use it to show it in your mouth. Okay. What? There's a zombie behind me. Oh, no. I blew them up. Thanks. Mike's TV Podcast is written and produced and performed by Mike Matthews. His podcast is super easy to find. Download or listen to his show and read his blog at mikesdailypodcast.com. Email Mike now at mikesdailypodcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow. Bye. Alone.